Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Learn to to Like like Each Other. other. We have been out of commission for, Del, how long? We are back in the new year. It's new us. Yes. New year. Oh, yeah, we were just like waiting till 2020. Yeah, we decided to wait till 2020. Right. We had, you know, it was the holiday season. We had the family. Mm-hmm. We had the friends. We had all of that stuff. But we're back. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys remember after we had Carly, I think we had a podcast up the next week. That was that was insane. We were crazy back then. We're wiser now. This time I am pregnant. Yay! Da, 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 da. And I have a really rough first trimester. And so I was just really sick the whole time. You know what? You were working on your podcast about sleeping. It's true. The one where I just record you sleeping. Um, Sounds like a good one. <laughs> it was a lot of sleeping. But how are you feeling now? Uh, now we're in second trimester. I'm 14 weeks along and I'm feeling much, much better. I'm so proud of you. I made it. Baby number two is on the way. This Steph- will be the last one. What are you- I have decided. That's hey, you know what? You are the factory. I can't do it again. The factory closes its doors. The workers need to find uh, retirement. I give so much credit to anyone that has morning sickness. I had it twenty four seven. So I, I just I think when we didn't have Carly, it was easier for me to power through. But knowing I had to take care of her. I prioritized other things. Yeah, I get that when you have the little one and then you're going through all that again. I watched you. You did it. You did a good job. I'm very, like but I we're said, here. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. But then, you know, we, holidays on top of that, we decided to just kind of take care out, of ourselves. We put out some best ofs. We did yeah. ones about sex. We did ones about breastfeeding. We did the hits. And I think uh, people, I think it was still good. I think it was good. Like, there's good stuff there. And I'm glad that we have enough historical content to do that. So, Stephanie, 2020, I know we're not the biggest resolution folks. I think we are, actually. We make goals every year. Yeah, but we're not like, this year my resolution is to, we are more of like, here we're are goal we're setters. goal setters, not yeah. resolution setters. Which I feel like goals are more fluid and more accomplishable, I feel. I feel like we pick, what, the smart goals, smart, mm-hmm. what is it? Work smarter, not harder. Blank, measurable, achievable results. I don't remember what the S is. Small? Smart. Smart? Smarter. Smelly. Smelly, measurable, uh, time bound. Ah, Okay. So what are our goals for this year? Uh, I want to have a healthy pregnancy. Yes. So like have a baby that's got good organs uh-huh. all the organs but then a lot of that is like i want to make sure i eat healthy and keep exercising maybe so. some extra organs so we can make some of that black market no organ money. i don't want any extra organs i just want like all the normal organs normal organs normal amount of fingers yeah and i think the other thing that we're looking forward to is we married seven years seven years Seven year itch. I'm itchy for love with my wife. Well, I mean, maybe that'll happen. Who knows? But um, oh, for our ten year anniversary, we want to we want to do a big trip somewhere, mm-hmm. and I want to make it so big that we'll probably have to start saving for it now. So big that we'll never want to take a trip ever again. I know. After this, it's like, well, this was the trip of all trips. So We've done Disney World. We've yep. done Vegas. Italy. Was well, not our anniversary. No. Vegas. Vegas baby. We've also done Detroit, to Detroit, Detroit, Chicago, stuff like that. So where do you want to go, honey? Let's go to Ayers Rock. 
Australia in three years might still be on fire, but it might not. And if it's not, let's go to the Outback. So the thing about going to Uluru, <laughs> it's a 16-hour flight mm-hmm. from California, but then it's a 22-hour 22, 22 to 28-hour drive one way. Are you kidding me? It's not. Why is Australia so big? It's big, but it's also, there's mountain ranges and rainforests and there's a lot of terrain to get through. So speaking of two of our loves, Australian geography and reality television show, mm-hmm. I love, I learned a lot about geography in of Australia in that, what is it called? The house show that we watched? Instant oh, hotels. I loved that. That was incredible because it's such a diverse. They're like in the north of Australia, and it's like a tropical jungle. And then there's this place where everything was underground called like Bugaboo. Cooper Pedy. Cooper Pedy. And I just loved it. I learned a lot about Australia. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, and so then we also talked about do we want to do Hawaii? So we're just trying to decide where to go, but we got a few years. Can we do the Love Island house? I would love that. I would love that. We could do all the games and the dares and the helicopter rides. Looking very forward to it. I'm nodding. That sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) I would like that. All right, Stephanie. So, well, let's get to the meat of the show. You have an article for us? Yeah. Don't we normally... Is it... We're rusty. So, this is Learn to Like Each Other. Yeah. It's a podcast where we tear an article from the headlines or a topic or something like that. And the goal of it is information to help you understand the world of relationships oh yeah but i always feel like every time i do it i learn a lot Mm -hmm. are you ever in a conversation with someone and they're talking about a topic and you start talking about it and then you think why do i remember that it's like oh because we did a stupid article Mm -hmm. on time magazine and the massachusetts men's study at harvard or and then we can always be that person who says you know i was listening to a podcast well yeah or that i mean i don't feel like that's annoying people i think it sounds a little douchey but people will say well i read it in a book and that doesn't sound bad podcast books they're all the same thing for me well like you're getting information it's true it's true speaking of information stephanie we're gonna be right back after these quick messages okay So, Stephanie, you're going to take us on a beautiful journey of information in 2020, something about relationships. How are we going to kick off this year, the first article of the year? Well, we were away for a little bit, and so I figured, no pun intended, we'd come back with a bang. Oh, bang. So, think of bangs. Bangs, haircuts. Not fringe. Okay. Um, Is it doing it? We're going to, but then I'm like, you know, I don't want to come across as judgmental on something because this is meant to be informational. So we're going to talk about open relationships. Bang. She bangs. She bangs. Or he bangs or Z bangs or. They they bang. They bang. Wasn't the the word of the year for 2018 was they. I know. I thought that was cool. Yeah. The pronoun they. Yes. So we're going to talk about open relationships and the articles are from Psychology Today the magazine self, and then I pulled a few others. Dan Savage has some stuff in here because Dan Savage is pretty good at talking about open relationships. Now he's the one that says monogamy is what you make it. Isn't that right? I don't know. If I he think said he said that. that. He said a lot of things because he's written and done so much. Been on the radio, Love Line. But if you don't know who Dan Savage is, he's like Dr. Ruth, but 
more sexy. But sexy and <laughs> way more horny. He's well, had TV. He had a TV show and TV in the nineties. He's and interesting. He had a radio show, yeah. and he's written. He's kind of like the sexpert. Oh no, is that a different guy? Drew, Doctor Dan, Dan Savage, and that's the other dude. I'm getting two guys confused. Uh Dan Savage has brown hair. Yeah, okay. A thinner face. I used to read his stuff in the Onion. Doctor Drew. I don't know what Dr. Drew does. He was the sex guy in the 90s who did like MTV shows and had a radio call-in show. There you go. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, Dan Savage. Um, Yeah, so he's got a little nugget in here. Um, So let's talk about open relationships. Let's talk about sex baby, love, sandwiches, open relationships. Um, So data. Mm Mm-hmm information is showing that traditional relationships and traditional are defined as monogamous two folks monogamy is defined as you got one you got one uh relationships traditional relationships are on the decline okay uh but they have found that i think we've probably talked about that data at some point Mm -hmm. however casual hookups are on the rise yeah which we've definitely talked about tinder apps yeah, people are doing education longer. There's a bunch of different factors. So there's more casual hookups. And so another relationship that is becoming a little bit more common is open relationships. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about what an open relationship is. Yeah, I feel like we've not danced around it, but they've kind of come in and out of our yeah. topics over the last few years. But now we're going for the big fish itself. Yes. Okay, Stephanie. Well, and I've known a few people that have had open relationships, so, but I think, so I'm going to define what people say it is, but when I think of the people I know that have had one, there's also not a universal definition, Mm -hmm. but there's also not a universal definition necessarily of any relationship, but I'm not trying to be that millennial that's not talking about labels. I'm saying like, here are the general rules, like there's caveats, you know, teach Yeah, it's not like you're signing up for like a team sport and there's all these rules. Yeah, it's It's not not baseball, it's baseball, but Mm -hmm. you know, here's where some balls lie, whatever. (laughs) So an open relationship is an intimate relationship. That is sexually non-monogamous. Okay. So, got two people. They're having sex, but with each other, but also other people. Okay. So, the basis of that is there's an existing primary relationship mm-hmm. uh, between two people. So, like you and me. Okay. But those two people agree that there's a possibility of intimacy with other people. Mm-hmm. So that'd be you and I are together, but we agree that we'll have sex with other people or intimacy with other people. And that could be for like whatever. There's not like a set definition of reasons. It's for like, why you do it? Yeah. No, I think it's different for different people. Okay. Uh, I think I might talk about later what some people say. Okay. Why they right. make that choice. tease for us there. Uh, Dan Savage calls it monogamish. Aha. So we agree that we have this primary relationship, sex with other people, though. Okay. We'll have to put a warning on this in case anyone's listening with little kids. Sex warning. Sex warning. Got it. Well, like in the description. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so approximately 4 to 5% of relationships in the U.S. Mm-hmm. are monogamish or non-monogamous. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a small number. It's more than... 
one percent have celiac disease so oh wow and then these factors are coming it's just like the age of technology people starting school and doing work later Stuff people like sort that. of like getting into their sexual relational patterns more before marriage mm-hmm. and those things kind of carrying on throughout the relationship well it's also interesting though because i think in open relationships there's a little bit of an element of equality mm-hmm and that we agree that this is our relationship. But I think non-monogamous relationships have obviously existed oh, forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think of kings or royalty that had, like, this was their favorite. Concubine. Uh, concubine yeah. out of the 10 that they had. And people knew that they had them. So, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that the queen had some, but maybe they did because there's, so the idea that. A concubine. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, the idea that relationships haven't always been this one thing have existed, but I think the difference here is, like, you're both agreeing to it versus, like, an unequal power dynamic that might have existed. Got it. More of, like, a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> well, co-ed effort. Co-ed effort. Well, co-ed dual, but it's not... Dual effort. But, I mean, this could be any... Oh, whatever. Uh, so, when they ask... Uh, males and females, if they're interested in trying it, 23 to 40% of men, so it depends on the survey, mm-hmm. say they'd be interested. Yeah. And 11 to 22% of women are curious. Not surprised. Yeah. I feel like dudes are all about like, oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. But it's not a small percent for women either, so. Okay. It's not. So, yes. Got it. I do think there is a difference, though, like as a female who can get pregnant. There's a greater risk yeah. to me. When you're a guy and you're just, they call it, what is it? Spreading your seed? So yeah, I know. Your, it's like sowing your wild oats. It's like, that just means you're having sex with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm like, well, I don't need any oats sown. <laughs> well, I already have one right now, but I'm good. You're good. <laughs> good. Um, so there's also another word that exists out there called polyamory. Mm-hmm. But polyamory is a little bit different. Because you've probably heard of polyamorous relationships where someone might say like, oh, I'm poly. Poly means many and amorous love. Perfect. Many loves. Uh, Poly's with one Y or one L and one Y. Poly. Poly. Polyamorous. Polyamorous. Not poly. Like, I know this woman named Polly. She's really lovely. (laughs) I just love Polly. Just Polly. Yeah. Like the grocery store in our town called Polly's. I just I know, that's why love I thought of it. the grocery store so much. Uh, so th- one of the differences in po- in polyamory, there's usually no primary relationship. It's kind of like one big stew pot of love. and Yeah, like, but it is interesting because there's multiple relationships mm-hmm. and they can be emotional and sexual. Okay. But the difference is everybody knows each other. Oh, it's like a big club. Yeah. A love club. A love club. Oh, that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting, like another way to have a relationship. But so like the slight difference that they're saying between open relationships and polyamory is the existence of a primary relationship. Open relationship is kind of you each get to do your own side thing. Yep. And polyamory side is like we're all in We're all together. doing a side thing and. Together. Yeah. Okay. A thruple. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I don't know if there's like, well, oh, whatever. This isn't about polyamory, so we'll... Okay. We could do that next time. All right, let's do it next time. But th- there's, Let's do polyamory next time. But just to not get confused with what what an open relationship is, it's not necessarily polyamory. Correct. Okay. I'm going to write down a note to do polyamory on the podcast. <laughs> you know what it... Not actually, but... Well, to... 
this I'm is our new this is our new lover <laughs> <laughs> this is tim tim's here for the podcast and jen hi jen <laughs> Um, and then, but the one that we all know, so poly is many, but then monogamy. One mono. One love. One love. So in our society, generally speaking, our society really holds dear this love of monogamy. No pun intended. The traditional values. You get one person and only one person, and you love them forever, and they'll be great, and then you die, and then that's it. You sound a big fan. No, I'm big just fan. being funny. <laughs> well, I think of it because there's all these songs on, like, the notion of cheating. Oh, oh yeah. We talked about that. Like, what is that? A couple of years ago, there was the Thinks Before She Cheats song. Oh, my God. Like, I'm going to bust in his car with a baseball bat. And it's... No, like, I dug my key into... Like, so the idea that if someone were to not be monogamous, you now have the right to, like, abuse them and or their property. And everyone's cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, well, this person deserved it. So, like, to me, that's saying, like, there is proof that... Like, people hold dear to monogamy so much that if you cross over that, like, the repercussions are... Significant. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one of the authors notes that in societies, there's always different views on sex and relationships. Oh, Those yeah. have changed over time. They're different in different cultures. We see that through history, like, with the Greeks and yeah. with different, like... Uh, tribal communities throughout the history and even like very progressive modern communities throughout history they've all they've all seemed to have a different thing going on exactly and so i'm going to read this next sentence with a huge grain of salt a lot of I see it it's right there it's a big big yes yeah, big ball of salt big sock you, you hold salt, the salt big salt rock but the author said in places like thailand uh, boys hold hands and wear dresses. So there's also some like different gender rules. Mm-hmm. And sex in Thai society is considered to be open and free. Okay. And like their view of it is very open. Mm-hmm. And so the point of that is our society, where we live, our place and time really shapes our beliefs right. and what we believe and hold dear. Mm-hmm. I say that because it's really easy to talk about open relationships and just have people totally dismiss it. But I want people to think, well, like I need to consider my place and time and like how that shaped me. This is a little bit of a side thing, but it kind of, to me, it it sets up. Well, we're talking about side things, so. (laughs) How cultures differentiate what things are. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast where talking about like American nudism and like the, like uh, nudity as a community thing. And the reason why, one of the reasons why it was weird when it came over to the States is that in Germany where it started, nudity was seen to be very health related. Mm -hmm. And you see that with like Benjamin Franklin, who was just like, I'm naked and healthy. But then as it comes to the U.S., Nudity is seen more as sexual oriented. Yeah, it's weird. And so it was like, oh, we can't be out and healthy and naked because it's related so closely to intimacy. And, and last year at the Jackson YMCA, because <laughs> it sounds like it's a free for all in the men's bathroom. Oh man, it's the way to live. It's like a it's, that's like what old people utopia is there. But that's what I'm getting at is that where you are culturally, yeah, similar things can have very broad meaning. Correct. Okay. Um, so now we're going to talk about the benefits, the pros and cons. I love it. I Let's love it. it. Pros and cons lists. Whenever I'm making a decision, Stephanie always says, well, what's the pros and cons list? I know. So even I even it's tell like my little friends, Venn diagram. I tell my friends that now. I say, yeah. Stephanie would say, 
What's the pros and cons? Yeah, make a list. So what are the benefits? Um, so there's a fun fantasy to it. Mm-hmm. You can be with someone you like, your primary, but also have sex or intimacy with someone else. Mm-hmm. So some people enjoy that. For some, being with someone else might help them feel closer to their partner. Because mm-hmm. there's this feeling of like, it's like, oh, I was with this person, but I really miss this other person. Yeah. So I'm sad. Or I'm too much to handle. Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, <laughs> Nothing. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I am adequately handleable. And you do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so in successful open relationships, both partners are encouraging of each other having new encounters mm. so there's a little like cheerleader in the back rooting for you Ooh, yeah okay you okay. always got your wing person like if you and i were skateboarders and we learned new tricks exactly like Ooh, that's did you a do- 360 <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not exactly the same um for them to be successful they require a lot of trust and a lot of really open communication. Yeah. So in relationships where it goes well like there's a really deep sense of trust and a really high level of communication about what's happening. I would see that necessary like emotionally kind of being on the same page would be very yeah. important. I agree. And then the biggest pro is you have both the commitment and freedom. Yeah, okay. So you have, you get the best of both. <laughs> like Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah. But Grant, like I'm listing the benefits like in an ideal state. Right. But I could say that about any relationship. I'm like, here are the benefits of marriage. Mm-hmm. You have at a higher economic whatever. Men tend to live longer. Da, 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 da. But like these are relationships. They're complex. There's a ton of feelings. The generic like what would they be called the generic like summary would be these are the things yes you get more freedom but you have the security and you get to give each other good high fives when you do good yes (laughs) uh what are the cons Obviously, one of the cons are, like, if you're having sex with different people, a lot of different people, although you're supposed to agree to always practice safe sex, like, STDs, STIs are still a thing in this world, so Mm -hmm. there is that. That's a serious risk. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a risk of pregnancy, Mm -hmm. like, if you're having sex with someone that never goes away. So that's a real thing. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, there's definitely condoms and other protective things you can do for sex but that's not like if you see the little charts and they're like not 100 percent effective yeah 99.9 or whatever the only thing that's 100 percent effective is abstinence yep but you know yeah you should who wants you, to live that way you definitely need uh protection because yeah being abstinent when like you're married or old or whatever or whatever age yeah if you're not an asexual person yeah <laughs> Um, another huge con is obviously a lot of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And so in other articles that I read a long time ago, like that's a big thing that can be difficult in relationships. Obviously, like you might feel a lot of bad feelings, like knowing yeah. that your partner is with someone else is, uh, can be a, dif- uh, jealousy can be an emotion that's hard to manage. And that's where that communication would come in. Yeah. Big, yeah. I mean, a big part of it. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe less communication and more of you have to have self-control and self-awareness over your own feelings. Right. Okay. Got it. Uh, yeah. Got it. Um, uh, so for the jealousy part, they gave one case of a guy who threw up after his girlfriend had sex with someone else. Mm-hmm. So I just started an open relationship. She came back and was like, hey, I did this. He threw up. That's not great. 
Oh, yeah. Like, so, like, in cases where it's happening, like, people can have really strong reactions to it. I guess if you just jump into it, like, dry, you know, from not being in an open relationship and, like, let's just do this. I think no matter how prepared you think you are, it's probably would be tough to get over. I feel like that can be true for anything, too. Like, you never know how you're going to react until it happens. Correct. Um... And so another con or however you want to look at it is if you wanted this to be successful, you really have to let go of a lot of emotions that you might have. Like you have to let go of your ego. Mm -hmm. You have to let go of a lot of control. Mm -hmm. You have to let go of a lot of insecurities that you have about yourself. And then you have to let go of like this feeling of possession. Right. So that could be a pro or a con, but like the type of person who has the emotional ability to deal with that in a society that's generally monogamous is just something to consider. Yeah. I Would you think it's almost as if you have to, well, another thing would be letting go of any preconceived notions of what sex is and its purpose of like yeah, some people in a more traditional setting, it's like sex is this special, intimate, emotional, almost spiritual connection between mm-hmm. two people. And God ordained. God ordained. And we don't do this outside because it is like a sacred thing. Like you're in each other's guts. Like it's pretty personal. It's very close. And I think some people might be in. I've I've seen the argument that it's like, well, no, it's it is for a sacred shared thing where some would say that maybe it's just more of a a recreational pleasure oriented thing. So you if it is something that you're like, I want to do this, like you may have a lot of preconceived like ingrained thoughts about what sex is that you don't even know about. Exactly. So consider that. Consider it. Dig Um, into your soul. But then one of the articles I read talked about how an open relationship could work. And then it gave like four ways it could work. So definitely not for everyone. Mm -hmm. But it could work if your relationship is solid. Mm -hmm. So... Don't start open relationships if you're in a bad spot. Let's try to fix our relationship by doing an open relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the relationship saving baby. Yeah. Don't do it. It's that. like have a baby. That'll make everything better. <laughs> Being in an open relationship. That'll make it better. So if your relationship is already solid, you trust each other and have good communication, like then that can be workable. Mm-hmm. Um, both partners have to be honest and you have to be really honest about why you're doing it mm-hmm. and you need to be doing it for yourselves right so one partner can't be like i want to do this and the other's like sure i'll do it too because you are i guess like you both need to be like this is something we both want to do as individuals not a one-sided thing and that almost makes it even more deeper on your relationship if you're both doing it because together like we agree that this is something we both individually want versus like one needs it the other out of balance it just it won't work probably yeah Mm -hmm. i agree um you have to have good ground rules and you have to have rules about who is off grounds, who is on grounds, what's okay, what's not okay. Oh, yeah. And um, one of the rules that I read about was one partner like gives the okay for the other. Like, hey, I'm seeing this person. Is that okay? Yeah. And then the primary partner could veto that. Okay. And like other people have rules like no coworkers, no one you're going to see all the time, blah, 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 blah. No one that I will see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it always has to be ethical. It always has to be safe. And it always has to be consensual. Like yeah. those are the, in open relationships, ethical, safe, consensual are the three ground rules. Okay. 
And then the last part, which I kind of mentioned in the cons part, is you have to have exceptionally good self-control over your jealousy and over your ego. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who you know you can't control those things well and keep it in check, it's not for you. So, like, that's only something an individual can really know. That's why it requires trust and communication. Well, I feel like you can communicate as much as you want, and but, like, if you don't have trust, if you as a person don't right. have okay. good self-control, it's like, well, it doesn't really it doesn't matter how much you communicate if you can't keep your own emotions in check. Right. And but knowing that beforehand and being very clear and open about that truthfully is very important. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, so if you're interested in open relationships, um, there's two books that they mentioned a few times. Uh, one is called Sex at Dawn, and then the other is The Ethical Slut. Ooh. So if you want to... I bet Sex at Dawn is about someone named Dawn. It's like a play on words. Maybe. I didn't read the books, but... <laughs> Suggested reading. Out. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, very so, cool. So, Stephanie, relationships. what is your takeaway from all this research that you've done? Because I, you did a good job outlining some of the basics, but what are some of your... What are your, what are your thoughts? Um... That I think people can have healthy, open relationships if they have good self-control and awareness and communication, um, like a lot of trust. Like I think it can be something that some people can do. Mm-hmm. It's something that some people can do. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I see that. It seems like, you know, I hear kind of the fantasy of open relationships spoken about of like, oh, wouldn't this be great? But it almost sounds like more work than just a normal monogamous relationship. I mean, yeah, like I don't, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. It's a lot. It seems like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's for me. I am very happy in our relationship and I'm happy that we are pregnant with our baby together. And I don't know. I don't, I'm, I like where we're at. You know, some people love caviar. Caviar isn't for me. Some people like open relationships. They're not for me either because I'm a jealous person. And you, but some people like you love beef tips. I got a whiff of a blonde girl chatting to you and I'm like, who is she? Where's her name? Where's she from? So like, I know I would fail at this. I would not. Like, we have a good relationship, open communication, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't have enough self-control over my jealousy. So... Uh, I'm an out. But that's why I love you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing that information. And I guess next week we're talking about polyamory. Yeah. Very cool. Well, if if there's enough to make it different. You know, this social, this, um, you know, you mentioned it earlier that this open relationship idea has been something that's been in practice for a very long time throughout history. Hopefully we did it justice. So if anyone out there listening is in an open relationship, hit us up and we'd like to maybe hear uh, any input or feedback that you might have about the the topic and the conversation. Um, That's it for the show this week. We'll be back next Tuesday here on Learn to Like Each Other. Do us a huge favor, rate us, review us, share with a friend, and get us out there amongst the podcast land. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Or don't you say the thing? Oh, yeah. We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other. Very, very much.